for various reasons of um, craziness and scheduling, I'm um, in the middle of a two-part series. Um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I openly confess that these are a couple of oldies that I've uh, brought out of the drawer because of the busyness of squeezing elders training into two weeks rather than six. And if I put myself on the line for our scientists last week, it's our psychiatrists and psychotherapists that I worry about this week. I am wanting to look at those needs that we have. That Did that just drop right outside the door? Um, all parents start panicking. No, 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 don't, don't, don't. Um, the basic needs that we have in our lives as human beings, I mean in the psychological sense, the things that cause us uh, to be stressed, to be depressed, to be excited, to um, not be excited, to all those things. What are they and how can the Lord meet all of our needs? I read a book in college and that's where you start realizing you're not reading maybe the experts, but Dr. Larry Crabb is known, I think, to Christians uh, uh, across the world, and um, he came up with five basic psychological needs that we would have. So blame him, go to him, you uh, experts in the field. But I think you'll find some truth in here, at least I think I find it. He would say, and he brings his Christian faith to bear, but let's go with it, that we all have needs for love, for security, for significance, for the miraculous, and for hope. If we want to look at those individually, we all want love. That might be in a marriage romantic situation, but it's much, much wider than that. We want to find love in our family situation from parents. We want to find love, I think, from siblings, although I have no experience of such. Mine really didn't like me at all, no. Uh, we all know I was an only child, so um, we got away with that one. But even then into our peer group, it's not long before we start going to school, before we want to sense being loved or being belonging to a group, rather than that moment when you feel that you're not and you're left on the margins. We want to sense that people like us, that people love us, that people um, are with us rather than against us. And we want that to be secure. Um, I used to be a youth worker so my illustration was that when you're 15 and you've just fallen in love and she's just fallen in love with you or he's just fallen in love with you you don't want to think that that spot at the end of your nose might just cause them not to love you in the next date you want some kind of security in that and we all seek for that kind of security and we all want significance Something that, that's my role. That's my place. That's my purpose. And almost, not always, but even a recognition of that's good. But I don't even go towards the recognition stage. If we, a couple of years back, I went to a suicide prevention conference and they were saying that certainly the young men, and there's far too many taken their lives here in Northern Ireland, that one of the main things that they believe would cause that would be a lack of purpose in their lives. 
No point to their lives, no purpose to get up in the morning and to go and do something. And this is where I think our vocations changing to just a job that pays a wage has caused all kinds of damage to our society. You look closely at Fitzroy, as opposed maybe to many Presbyterian churches, but if you look at the ornate way that the carvings and stone are done around the building, and you think of the people who did that uh, well over 100, maybe 120, 30 years ago, and you think the satisfaction they had when they went home from doing their significant vocational job. And think of the last person that put plugs into your extension and the sense of artistic satisfaction that they got at the end of it from an Arceus in Ballycastle having the plug upside down at the level where the shelf was going to go. But there was a change. Somewhere along the road, we lost our significant part of being in community and it became something for a wage at the end of the month. Significance. The miraculous. We live with a little bit of water between us and what I would say is the most, sorry if you're English, but we've got to say it. You probably say it. The most godless country probably on earth at this point. There just seems no even ability to recognize that somebody might believe in a God in England at the moment. And then yesterday there was this moment when Rooney scored the penalty. He came back to the center circle. He kind of... And I noticed it because I'm a minister. Those are the kind of nerdish things I notice. But the interviewer asked him about it. The interviewer at the end of the game said there was almost a prayer there when you went back to the, you know, were you under pressure? Did, was that a prayer? And he kind of went, what did I do? He kind of didn't even realize that he'd done it. And there was this kind of smile across his face. And he said, well, there's thankfulness. What is it, to the spirit of great soccer penalty taking? Or what? What at that point was a guy who doesn't, suggest any Christian creed in a country that wants to keep Christianity out as far as they... in fact he may have to be taken aside and said you know you're not allowed to cross in your van you're not allowed to fish in your car you're not allowed to wear a... how dare you suggest that there might be. but there was something where he was looking in that moment for transcendence not to help him it was over but that he maybe since he had had transcendent help. So let us not kid ourselves that even in the world of secularization where faith is being pushed out, that there's not some moments when they might wish or reflect on the miraculous. And hope. We all want some kind of hope. Whatever that hope is, whether it's the hope to get these exams, whether it's the hope now that we've got the exams to get the job, whether it's the hope that we keep the job for longer than a year, whether it's the hope that we might be able to, from the moment we go down this journey of hope, we all want it. I should at this point bring those in the field up to say, now if those go out of kelter, if we don't feel loved, 
If we feel betrayed or on the outside or rejected, how does that mess with us? If within a marriage or a relationship, one doesn't feel the love from the other, the security of that begins to disappear. What does that do to the individuals who are suddenly feeling insecure in something they were secure in? When we don't feel significant, we've already touched on it, do we lose? Does that... When we don't believe, is there something even there that becomes missing and might cause some kind of psychological as well as spiritual? And if we're, there's no hope, or we can't find hope, then where do we go? How messed up does that make us? The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall lack nothing. And if we look at these things, we find that these are the very things that we find in God. These are the things that the gospel are about. Whatever salvation means, it's not taking whether you're in or out. It's about a holistic change in us as human beings to find the things that we need as human beings to make us the human beings that maybe were originally designed to be. Love. Now we read Ephesians chapter 3, or chapter 1. It seems to me just full of whatever it is that God gives us. A grace that's lavished upon us. And John talked about um, God's love being lavished upon us that we would be called children of God. The love of God. I mean, I almost did it again this morning and then thought I'll take another twist on the children's talk because can you tell children anything more wonderful than that God loves them at the front of church? God is love. God demonstrated his love for us in this. The gospel that we have is telling people that they are loved as they are. It's great. Now I'm in Fitzroy and I look out and I just love looking out at those of you who were up at four o'clock this morning to read Leviticus for a couple of hours and a good commentary with it and then prayed for a couple of hours for the rest of the day in Fitzroy. And then I look out and I see those of you who, to be perfectly honest, you can't really remember the last time you took the Bible off the shelf. Oh, I know which one you are. I know whether you're up at four in the morning or not. I, you know what? It doesn't matter. God loves you as you are. Doesn't love the people that were up at four, reading the Bible for hours and praying for hours any more than he loves those of us who are struggling to bring it down off the shelf can't love you anymore and people come to me and say Steve you, you've no idea what I've done doesn't matter this is for the preacher this is the greatest thing to be able to communicate no matter who we are God cannot love us any more or any less than he does right now Is that a place to find our love? The God of the universe. As I am. Paul. Security. Ephesians chapter 1. 
There it is, halfway through what we read today. A guarantee of the salvation to come. The Spirit's given us a guarantee. We talk about it in that gospel way of your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I always thought, could we have a wee picture of that where, you know, there's the Lamb's Book of Life. There's all our names there. They're in it there. Oh, good. That's good to see. And, and then the angels are sitting with a big rubber watching how we did. What? There were five things on at Fitzroy on a Saturday morning and they didn't come. <laughs> but let's just pencil them in for next week because there's talk that they're, you know, going to do that. Let's rub in one hand. I really can't see that that's what I'm finding as I read the scriptures. And it seems that this love that God has for us is more trustworthy than your name on a piece of silver. Because the next year you've got to do it again there. In this world, it's secure. Do we bask in the security of knowing we're loved as we are? Significance. There was, you might have noticed it this morning. I remember when I came to faith, I uh, um, didn't tell everybody immediately. I told a few people, told the whole youth club actually immediately. And uh, told my mum and, you know, a few people. But my golfing friends, I didn't tell. And um, we were out maybe a couple of weeks later and we got about the fifth green and I was playing rubbish. And might be nothing new about that. There might be nothing new about that. But if you play rubbish... Uh, as a, you know, you might call my game, then it was even more rubbish than the usual rubbish. And uh, Stephen Penny went on to play for Northern Ireland in the World Cup, but Stephen looked at me and he said, what's wrong with you? And I said, what do you mean? He said, you are playing some rubbish. I said, nothing new there. And he says, but why are you not swearing and throwing clubs and bending flag sticks? Not that I did it every week. Because <laughs> there was occasionally I played well. No, um... What's going on? Something had changed or shifted and they noticed, which was very nice, actually. And maybe you haven't thought about it, but it's been subdued, hasn't it? Considering the events of yesterday. Well, last Sunday in the last hymn, there was a eureka moment. Because I started by saying it was, um, let's sing it. What was the last time, Richard? It was, let tell, tell it, tell out my soul. Yeah, let's sing that. There's one we can really sing. So I started by saying, let's sing this like we're, no, I said, don't even go there. So it was to be, let's sing this like it's quarter to five next Saturday and City have just won the cup. And then I thought, come on, it doesn't come close to what we're talking about in these hymns, or in these readings, or in this that lasts forever. So it was great, it was nice. I find myself walking in to put the coffee on going, yes, now and again. It's a bit strange that, hasn't happened for a long time. But it's nothing like the significance of being in the Fitzroy team, in God's team, involved in something that has eternal consequences. You're looking for significance. 
We've got significance. Heirs of the Father. Joint heirs with Jesus. Communion of saints and all other things that we read in this Ephesians chapter 1. This gives us a purpose. And what I would encourage us to do, as I was talking about last Sunday night when I talked about the sermon at the royal wedding, where it was, uh, is it find what you're meant to be and you'll set the world on fire? Was that how the sermon at the royal wedding started? That's it, all encompassed. That's what this whole book is about. That is what the whole Christian thing is about. It is about you and me finding who we're meant to be because when we find who we're meant to be and we start to be who we're meant to be, we will set the world on fire because we've got our vocation, we've got our place, we've got our situation, our purpose and our point. And then it happens. That's what it's all about. That's what the reading of the scriptures is about. It's what prayer is about. It's what home groups are about. It's what the cross was about and the resurrection was about and the Holy Spirit being poured out was about so that we could find who we are in Jesus. The Lord, our shepherd, finding all that we want and who we are. Different. But joined together to move forward. The miraculous I'm sure if we had an evening we could share those moments when you prayed something and something happened or you look back and you think how did that get to there? And how it got to there had absolutely no doing of mine but something. There used to be an ad way back it was about alcohol can I talk about that? But um, It was a I can't remember what beer it was, but they were getting across the bar. And they took a long time to get there. And the guy said, what took you so long? And he said, I bumped into a lot of people on the way. And it's like you look back over your life and you see where this journey takes you when you're following or stumbling or whatever. And suddenly you're in the place that's right for you and the miraculous to think that there might be something beyond us is so important, I think, to us as humanity. Because that's the original design. Connection. Walking in the garden. The image of Genesis chapter 1. So the miraculous, it's there as well. And hope. Hope that in the greatest despair of all, there is still hope. Hope that when earthly hope falls away, there's hope. But don't go there yet. Hope that on this journey we're getting closer and closer to who we're meant to be. Hopefulness, because we're not in it alone. Hopefulness because of the love we know. Hopefulness because of the security that surrounds that. Hopefulness because of who we are. And the significance and the role that we have. Hopefulness because we know we're not alone and there is always somebody to sing to or to cry to, depending on where we're coming to him from. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And this is what grace might be about. That we begin to experience these things in our lives 
and an experience in these things, not just having verses or theologies or confessions. Can I say, just as a side, and we might do this longer at one other stage, we, we, did the, we went in yesterday morning to look at the Westminster Confession of Faith with the elders, and we came out going, here, we've just looked at the Westminster Confession of Faith. And it ain't all the myth that we talk about. This is pretty good stuff. So let me encourage you to have a read at it and um, have a good look at it because we went in a wee bit uncertain and we came out thinking, ah, there's a few things I think the assembly have already dealt with that we would very happily agree with them on. But there's good stuff there. But it's not about confessions. It's about these things seeping into our lives in such a way that I make no apology The psychotherapists among you and the psychiatrists among you would have to find another vacation. So let us see faith as a way to meet the needs that we've got. And even for the next day, Monday, ask yourself, meditate on it all day. Do I feel loved? Tuesday, I feel that secure. You know when I did this with the students? The security issue was the major issue. Yes, they knew God loved them, but they weren't sure that he would always love them. Right? We, they were working their butts off to keep that love, which was against the, by grace, not works. Think about that for Tuesday. Wednesday, what is the significance? What is my role? Who am I? Because there's a purpose and a point there. Thursday, the miraculous. Where have I seen that in my life? Where have I seen the hand of God leading me and guiding me? And what is my hope on Friday? And how can I share that hope with those who feel hopeless? And I'll give you the weekend off. That seems fair enough. But that this grace that brings these things is not just a doctrine, but an experience that brings fullness of humanity to each one of us. Let us pray together. Lord, in an ideal world, all of these would be fully at work in our lives, and yet we're aware, even as we think, where we're struggling to believe that we're loved, or whether we feel we've been hurt in friendships and workplace or family. We do at times think, oh, how secure is everything around us? Sometimes we feel insignificant. Sometimes we wonder where you are and we've asked for answers and we haven't got them. And sometimes it gets to hopeless stages. We pray, Lord, that in our lives we would begin to develop an awareness of you being Lord and Shepherd. That as at the end of Ephesians, we realize that all the stuff that has come before is because you've done something, particularly in Christ and space and time history. that as we find this foundation, the foundation would give us all that we need to find out who we're meant to be. Because when we find out who we're meant to be and live it, then we will change the world around us. Lead us into these truths in Christ's name. Amen.